Hello, it's Paul Scott here, uh, Small Caps investor and commentator and writer of the Small Cap Value Reports on Stockopedia.com with Graham Neary and occasional help from Roland Head. I'm recording this on Saturday 3rd February uh, at about half past seven in the evening. It's a bit later than usual. Sorry about that. Um, I'm, tr- I'm recording it really to take my mind off things at home because we've got uh, a, a rather difficult situation here in my London household. Uh, we got to put have one of our dogs put down tomorrow. Yeah, Paddy, one of my little um, crossbreed Yorkshire Terriers. I bought them 17 years ago. Uh, two brothers, Paddy and Seamus. And uh, yeah, Paddy's reached end of life, unfortunately. He's almost immobile. So I'm, I'm obviously um, rather preoccupied about that. So I thought I'd get stuck into recording a po- podcast to take my mind off it. I'm also on my second glass of champagne because we've got... Um, We've got building works going on next door, and I think the neighbour, Jackie, was feeling a bit uh, embarrassed, so she apologetic. She brought round two bottles of champagne and uh, as a present for us, so uh, we like we like neighbours like that. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm slightly tipsy, but um, hopefully we'll still be compass mentis. Super, super busy, as January always is, but we've enjoyed it. It's a challenge getting through, working through dozens and dozens of companies each week. So uh, what I'm going to cover in today's podcast is the small cap value reports from Monday the 29th of January through to, uh, what would that be, Friday the 2nd of February. So let's launch into Monday's report. We looked at 11 companies in detail. Uh, that's uh, not far off a record. Um, I looked at the mid-cap WH Smith, obviously the uh, the, the retail chain that specialises in particular in um, uh, airports and railway stations and travel uh, type uh, places. Put out a trading statement. It's one point six billion. Um, I thought it was okay. Shares of twelve pound twenty four. I've got amber on it. <clears throat> I think the valuation's reasonable. Um, it's expanding quite rapidly in America, which is quite surprising. I thought I wasn't aware of that. So uh, if they can pull that off, it could be a nice new growth avenue. Balance sheet's not great, but uh, it's weak, but not dangerously uh, so. So I'm neutral on W H Smith. Learning technologies. Now this one I was more positive on. I went amber green on this. It's a, a sort of e uh, learning training type company. It's been highly ac- acquisitive over the years. Learning tech has the ticker is LTG. Now it rose eighteen percent last week. Actually, it was a backlog item. This was rose eighteen percent to eighty two p on a full year trading update. Now, I think this is quite good. Have a look at LTG. It was a sort of go-go, highly rated growth stock, but the growth seems to have paused and it's been really derated now as a a value share. It's only on a PE of about 10. I think it's got a bit of debt, but I don't think um, there's anything particularly untoward there. I think it reduced the debt a fair bit. I think it looks quite good. Have a look at Learning Tech. I think that's the sort of share that I think could re-rate again in in a bull market. So I quite like that. Wix, I also quite like the DIY chain. WIX is the ticker there. That rose 8% to £1.57 on a trading update. The only My only reservation with Wix is that it is quite low margin. It's only about a 3% uh, profit before tax margin. But of course, it looks like we're now going into a period of um, considerable increases in household disposable incomes in 2024 with um, pay rises well above inflation now 
big increases coming in from April, of course, for pensions and benefits uh, and living wage. So I think you're going to have to, I think you might well see something of a consumer boom in the second in the later part of this year in 2024, which, of course, would be very beneficial for a company like Wix. So I think it's quite good. It's got a healthy balance sheet with net cash, generous shareholder returns. So it's had a good run. Wix has, but I still like it. Now, this is a controversial one. Avon Protection, the gas masks thing, A-V-O-N. Now, Cockney Rebel has been pushing this one quite hard recently. 295 million market cap. Um, Obviously, he's got a big following because he gets a lot more right than wrong. Um, And it put out an AGM trading update. I've only got amber on it because all I can... I'm not really... Well, I'm not a a tipster. I'm an analyst. The way I look at it is I analyse the facts, the figures and the forecasts. Um, I'm not sort of leaping ahead and trying to say, well, I think it'll do better than forecasts or not. I just have to go with the forecasts, unless they're obviously wrong, of course. But with Avon, I mean, to me, it just looks fairly valued uh, right now at £9.52 a share. Uh, Performance has been quite poor in recent years. But as I say, some investors are now looking at this as a turnaround. It could do very well. But because I don't know whether it's going to do well or not, I don't really know the company well enough to, you know, I don't know what contracts it's going to win. Nobody does, really. So um, I'm just going to sit on the fence with Avon. I've got no strong view either way. Uh, on the beach, this was a nice success. We're getting a lot of things right um, in the small cap value reports now, of course, because the market's rising. <laughs> so um, <coughs> it's easy to easy to look a genius. Um, but we have picked a lot of nice things right at or near the lows in the last six months. And on the beach was one of them where I strongly flagged a director buying about two and a half million pounds of the shares I think it was at about 95p well that was a great trade because they went up to about one pound 60 so I think quite a few of the subscribers have made a bob or two on that whether you spotted the, the, the director buying yourself or whether you, you you got the the story from us doesn't matter it was a nice trade very nice trade Anyway, I still like this. The trading update, I think, justifies the rise to £1.60 a share at On The Beach. Obviously, the package holidays, um, uh, e-commerce business. Uh, there's been good increases in, 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 in business. Obviously, as the pandemic uh, has fizzled out, people are, are holidaying in a more normal fashion. Anyway, its results are in line with expectations. Uh, the valuation's only about 10.7 times earnings on, on the beach, so I think it's quite good. And the balance sheet looks okay as well. So obviously people are going to take profits, aren't they, when it's gone from 95p up to £1.60. But I, I think the rise is justified. So well done to people who made a bob or two on that one. That's what this game's about, isn't it? It's not whether you're right or wrong, it's whether you make money. Um, but obviously... Both were the case with On the Beach. Now, Saga, our old favourite, where I uh, got a bit obsessed with Saga, really, in terms of the turnaround uh, of the ending of the of the pandemic, but which didn't really didn't really happen to anything like the extent it was forecast to happen. So it has disappointed over the last few years. This is Saga is obviously the brand for the over fifties, mainly in insurance and travel and travel business, and it owns two nearly new cruise ships. Um, <clears throat> now. There was press coverage saying that it was looking to restructure, and I thought, oh dear, that doesn't sound good. But actually, it seems to me they're looking at options for the two owned 
cruise ships, maybe in terms of sale and leaseback, maybe in terms of getting a third party to operate them, some sort of partnership deal. Now, the interesting thing is they said that the cruise ships are operating at close to capacity, that demand is very strong and they're, they're making good money from them. So it looks to me as if Saga may be restructuring from a position of strength. The strategy there is to be a capital light uh, business model, which I like. I think that's very sensible. So <clears throat> we don't know what's going to happen with Saga, but I think it looks potentially interesting. The ships have a, a book value substantially ahead of the loan value of them. So if they can do a sale and lease back on those ships, say at book value, maybe even slightly above, who knows, um, that could unlock about 140 million in equity in them, which would clear most of the bond financing that they haven't got the cash to cover. Sorry, they've got the cash to cover the May 24 bond, but then there's the May 26 bond, which is sufficiently far out to not be an issue. Well, the equity in the ships could potentially cover uh, a large chunk of that. So watch this space with Saga. I think it could get quite interesting. Next, I look at the uh, radiators distributor, Stellrad, S-R-A-D. Um, this one I was said here, I, I'm pleasantly surprised with the trading update. It's been quite resilient, and apparently with these heat pumps that uh, they're looking at us installing instead of boilers, apparently you need more and bigger radiators because the heat pumps operate at lower temperatures. So <coughs> this is what the readers have told me when I asked the question. So it looks as if Stellrad should continue to do well, even with the, uh, you know, the change in um, how people heat their homes. Now, we had a profit warning from Inspects. This is the uh, glasses company, SPEC. I've never really seen anything interesting in this. doesn't float my boat. Anyway, it dropped 25% to 65p. So it's only 66 million market cap. Oh, Graham looked at it, sorry. Full year trading update, it was a profit warning. Um, net debt's come down and it's ambitious for 2024 but we can, neither Graham or I can get uh, uh, can muster any interest in, in specs uh, I looked at record, I really like this REC, this is the fund manager that specialises in specialist products relating to forex and uh, nice niche business profitable, pays lovely dividends and the Q3 trading update I thought was uh, looked pretty good so um, I'm green on record have a look at that one uh, yeah, mainly for the divvies, I would say. Now, Excesso Technology, A-C-S-O, used to be called Low-Q, of course. In its heyday, it was something like a thousand bagger. Amazing, but it's given back um, about 80% of that, as, as major multi-baggers often do, don't they? Put out a trading update. Um, I'm amber on it, but actually... I think it's it's not it's not bad actually. Excesso technology. I've been a bit harsh in the past, been amber red, um, but I've decided that was too harsh. So I've moved to amber. <coughs> they spent <coughs> most of their cash pile on acquisitions, which I'm not keen on. Um, which, and again, I'm questioning: Does that mean there's a lack of growth in the core business? I don't know. I can't get excited particularly about Excesso, but it's not bad. And then, right, big news from Supreme, SUP. Uh, this was the, the banning, the government banning the uh, disposable vapes. We've had lots of reader comments, um, backwards and forwards, on the um, morality or lack of uh, as concerns vaping. 
I won't get into that there. Everyone's here. Everyone's got their own views on it, and I respect everyone's opinions. Uh, anyway, they're going to be banned. Now, Graham caught, pulled a blinder here. Uh, the shares dropped 6% in Supreme on the news of the disposable vapes to be banned. But Graham said, uh, he went through the figures and the announcement from the government and said he thinks it's in the, in the valuation and he remains positive. And that was a great call because the shares actually ended the day. They recouped all the losses and ended the day up, I think. So that was Monday. That was Monday, 29th of January. Uh, oh, I forgot to say which companies were in line. Hang on, I'll go back to Monday. Yes, here's our agenda where we do literally just one-line comments on, on some things. Team Internet, uh, well, I can't remember the old name of that, TIG, that put out a slightly ahead trading update for EBITDA, 96 million versus 94 million. <coughs> that one, I just, uh, I just don't like it. I'm sorry. So I didn't want to spend time looking at that. Uh, Alliance Pharma, APH, put out an inline update. What else? Smart Tech 247 put out finals. We didn't look at that because it's quite small. Uh, Chill Brands dropped 38% on the vaping news. Now, Super Dry, that's, that will come up again this week. That put out um, uh, press reports that it might be looking at a CVA or similar, and it just kind of reiterated that, yes, it was looking at deep cost savings, which I think is code for might be considering a CVA. Safe Stay, the hostels operator, uh, put out comfortably in line trading updates, only 15 million market cap. I don't think the business model at Safe Stay is any good, so we didn't waste any time on that one. Right, on to Tuesday the 30th of January. We looked at seven companies in detail. Let's have a quick run through what we got. Uh, <clears throat> oh, Motorpoint, M-O-T-R, the car supermarkets group. I can't help thinking this is an interesting uh, share with recovery potential. But in the meantime, it put out quite a nasty profit warning, actually. Um, the forecast profits or losses, rather, for March 2024 have been revised down from a 3.2 million loss to an 8.7 million loss caused by plunging secondhand car prices, which they previously told us about the car prices. So I did flag um, a few months ago that the broker forecasts were obviously wrong and it, it had a, a profit warning coming. It didn't seem to, it wasn't only me who, who picked up on that obviously because the shares didn't move. Very, very unusual. Nasty profit warning, shares didn't move. So that does tell you, doesn't it, that at the moment it looks like the bad news is in the price and it may go up. Who knows? I do have some reservations about Motorpoint but I also think it's quite intriguing. So on balance, I'm Amber. HVivo, this has been a great success, hasn't it? We like this company. Um, several of the readers, including David Hill, have been uh, 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 proponents of the share. And I came round to it. I think I turned bullish on it last spring in 2023. We like it a lot. Shares have done really, really well. Anyway, it put out another ahead of expectations trading update. It does the human trials um, for um, drug and uh, virus testing and so on. Uh, that's probably not the right description. But anyway, I've maintained my green view on HVO. HVO. Even though the shares have risen a lot, I still think it's reasonably, reasonably priced. The PER is still below 20 and it's got superb growth. Actual growth, not just forecast. Visibility and order book are very strong. It's got plenty of cash. It gets the cash up front from customers. But uh, they are non-refundable deposits. So... It's kind of, it, it is advanced payments, you know, you can't get away from that fact. 
but it's not uh, it's not actually uh, refundable in any circumstances. We're told, so um, you know it's 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 cash on the balance sheet, and it's going to start annual divvies. Um, it's done specials in the past, so yeah, I've said yeah, there's a lot lots to like with HVivo. So I remain positive. Yes, it's had a good run, but I think unfortunately I sold mine at about sixteen p just through boredom and wanting the money for something else. What a pity, because I really like the company, but missed opportunity there. But never mind, because it's about 28p now. Can't win them all. And then Supreme did a positive trading update and share buyback, which uh, that's the vaping thing, which put 10% on it. So Graham reiterated his green view. Saga uh, put out a trading update. I'm amber green on that. I've just, excuse me, just mentioned that before. Really terrible uh, shareholder communications from Saga. Uh, the new CEO, uh, I think, was the previous CFO, so nothing seems to have changed then in terms of their confusing trading updates that sort of send you round the houses. Instead of just giving you the numbers, they say, oh, we're this percentage up on last year, and then you've got to go back to last year, and you've got to say, is this ahead or in line? Oh, it's just really poor communications from Saga. They give you too much detail, but they don't tell you what you actually directly need to know so they need a rethink of the communications there uh basically the insurance division struggling but travel and cruise are doing well uh i'm as i say i'm amber green on that because i think it could uh it could benefit from a restructuring s3 we like this one this is ticket s-t-e-m the, the staffing company contract staffing is mainly what they do graham had a look at the final results for fy 2023 uh he likes that it's profitable it's cash rich although obviously staffing is a challenging sector at the moment but we still like it i looked at loose luceco luceco l-u-c-e um that has um, <clears throat> um distributes various uh, mainly electrical um, components where it has dominant niches. Fully a trading update there. I'm green on Lu- Luce- Luceco. I think it looks quite good. It's reasonably priced. Uh, most importantly, the negative cash flow uh, in H1 unwound in H2. So I was very impressed with the debt reduction and the ca- and the working capital reduction. I think it's I think it's a nice company. It's owner managed. So I've upped it from amber green to green. I like that one. And then we had a profit warning from Speedy Hire. Surely not really much of a surprise, is it, given that they uh, rent uh, equipment out to the um, to the construction sector, which is obviously depressed at the moment. Anyway, that dropped 17% to 29.7p, uh, so I flagged it as black as a profit warning. 35% drop in broker forecasts for March 24. We're only two months from the end of the year end. They shouldn't be dropping forecasts by 35% at this stage, really, should they? But I had a look at the balance sheet. I don't think it's got any solvency worries. I think Speedy Hire looks okay. Not really a particularly exciting share. Nice divvies you get there. And, uh, you know, it's just fairly boring, ordinary business. Um, it, when, when it dips down, maybe that's a, a, a good time to buy a few. I don't know. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd certainly... Um, I think it's worth a look, basically, Speedy Hire, if you invest in fairly dull, boring, ex-growth companies. <laughs> oh, and just to quickly mention from Tuesday the uh, mainly in-line things that we didn't cover. GB Group put an in-line uh, update out. Um, we didn't cover that. Auction... Te- oh, Graham covered that following days. Profit warning from Renewi, RWI. This was the recycling thing in Europe that's listed in the UK. Uh, did have a bid approach that fell through. Um, now, with a profit warning, I didn't look at it, but maybe it's... Maybe it's um, 
something that might be worth looking at again. Harworth, that's one of the um, house developer things, HWG. That, I put out a trading update. I noticed that has a very big discount to net tangible asset value. Harworth does, so that might be look worth a look. Fintel, FNTL, put out an inline update and another acquisition. Uh, we didn't look at Synthoma. I don't think that one's any good from memory. Um, what else did we see? Acrol interims. I'm just not interested in that. That the business model. That's the Lou Rolls thing. Scancell put out interims. Uh, yeah. Okay. That covers Tuesday. Right. On to Wednesday. This is the 31st of January. We covered seven companies in detail in the small cap value report, but we had loads more on the agenda where we just put a single comment against those. Um, actually, I'll do those first. Uh, FDM, 494 million IT contract. Um, they supply IT staff. That put out an inline update, but it said challenging market conditions continue. It's got 47 million cash, I see, so that's nearly 10% of the market cap. Uh, Dot Digital is a company we like, DOTD. That put an inline update out, and it's got lots of cash. So um, I think that one's quite good. But we didn't have time to cover it, and seeing as it was in line, uh, we didn't really need to. And then what's this? Uh, Devolver Digital, DEVO, put out uh, revenue, it said, was in line, and the CEO steps down. Gus Bourne, the English wine thing, 43 million market cap, put out... A trading update, it said the EBITDA loss reduces. I did have a look at the accounts on that. I didn't write a section on it. I just don't think it's very good. I have to say, the you know, you, 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 I couldn't really think of a worse business model um, than, than planting vines, waiting years for them to produce some wine, then, you know, making the wine, then storing it for a couple of years till you can sell it, and, and then trying to sell it for two or three times what similar quality wines from Spain and France cost. So, no, I'm sorry, I'm not a fan of British uh, English wine. But um, I do know some investors say that because of the warming climate in Kent, um, that the French growers could come over here and buy up um, some English wine makers. So there is a, a bull case for it. Of the two, Gusborne and Chapel Down, I think Chapel Down, its numbers look much, much better to me. So uh, uh, Chapel Down is the one I would go for if I had to buy either of them. But Gusborne doesn't work for me. The number is tiny. The, the figures are absolutely tiny. Uh, Fadel Partners, I don't know what that is, F-A-D-L. Anyway, that put out a trading update, said it was going to reach EBITDA break-even uh, earlier than planned. Um, Ingenta put out a trading update that's very small. Skillcast is very small and said it was well positioned to achieve revenue objectives. Uh, okay, on to the main report then. Oh, and we covered two mid-morning movers. ITM Power went up 28% on a greatly reduced H1 loss. I think Shopping365, one of our uh, lady subscribers, who's absolutely lovely, I've met her, I always chat to her at Mellow, she flagged up uh, ITM Power, I think, and that I wouldn't normally cover it because it's a huge blue sky project, heavy cash burner, um, massive cash pile, though, of £253 million. Um, <clears throat> Um, but the H1 numbers were dramatically better, as in the loss was really greatly reduced. So if you like more speculative stuff, but well-funded speculative stuff, then ITM Power could be quite interesting. And Symphony Environmental Technologies, SYM, that's hopeless, that's uh, recycled recyclable plastic bags, I think, that dropped 40% on an adverse EU court judgment. 
the main companies we looked at on Wednesday, Somero Enterprises, our old favourite, SOM, laser-guided concrete laying machines for perfectly flat floors, the market leader, um, mainly in America, it does international operations, but never really got off the ground particularly, uh, inline trading update, uh, we like this one, it's very... Um, uh, very good value, I think, Somero is. Lovely cash-generative nature of the business. It just spews out cash and pays it out in divvies, basically. So you get a, a smashing dividend yield. And I think, you know, it, it lo- it's the sort of thing I think this could be the right time to buy that type of uh, cyclical capital equipment type business, particularly as the US economy is doing well. Um, <clears throat> so I like it. I think it's... Um, a good value and I think this could be a good entry point but we did have some um, interesting um, more bearish views from the readers so read the do have a look at the reader comments on Wednesday 31st of January which I thought some of them were really good and we love it when people say oh well that's all very well Paul but have you considered blah 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 and we we really enjoy reading uh, people who disagree with us and who think, actually, no, it's not as good as you think, Paul. This is why. Uh, we had some very, very good, well-argued posts on that. So great to get some back and forth between people who are bullish and uh, not necessarily bearish, but uh, neutral or slightly negative on it. Um, that's what it's all about. We want debate. Now, we had a profit warning from Inspiration Healthcare, IHC. That dropped 24%. Uh, now, I've gone amber-red on this. Um A large order was delayed, and that triggered a covenant breach. Now, the covenant breach was waived by the bank the following day, but it's... um I've said here I'm I'm not happy about this. I think it shows a bit of a, a lack of financial controls. They shouldn't be be breaching covenants. The debt isn't insurmountable and the balance sheet's okay. So I'm not worried about an, uh, IHC. But again, it shows it's got risk from lumpy contracts, and um, I'm I'm not terribly keen on on that business fundamentals. So amber red on that one. We also had another profit warning from Argentex AGFX. That dropped 19% to 56p, pretty much the same level that it bottomed out at when it had a a previous profit warning. Uh, Graham had a look through that. This is one of these currency brokers, um, payments, forex-type businesses. Seems to have had some sort of turmoil with management leaving it's got now it's got an interim ceo and an interim cfo as you know i'm not a big fan of these payment businesses uh i'm not convinced they've got moats um and i think the banks are just letting them have market share and the banks might change those attitudes at some point so i'm not a big fan of them but um we do think it's actually actually quite good value argentex so of of all of them you know, this is the one, there's no hype in the price. It's had two profit warnings and lots of turmoil. Uh, we think it's quite good value. And I think Richard Staveley popped up with a 3.5% new uh, disclosed position in that. The Rockwood strategic guy who's um, <coughs> had a brilliant couple of years and does a lot of really good um, active stuff under Christopher Mills's stable. So uh, we think we think Argentex might be interesting, but Graham's just decided to go amber on it. Because there are problems there. Smith News, Smith, Smith, oh God, I can't say it. Smith's News, SNWS. This is obviously the newspaper and magazine distributor that has a, a fast overnight delivery network. 
Uh, quite like the business model, but it is structurally shrinking. Um, <clears throat> trading update was in line. The readers, uh, this came right at the top of the widget that shows what the readers are looking at. So that's why, even though it was only in, only in line, I focused on that one. And I, I just ran through all the bull and bear points on it. Um, very, very cheap and a, and a cracking yield. So I, I've got to be positive on it, really. So even though I do accept that they need to find something else to do, uh, to, to compensate for the long-term gradual decline in the newspapers and magazines' revenues. Uh, Graham looked at auction technology, AT, ATG, excuse me, 660 million market cap. Both Graham and I think this is interesting. So have a look at this one, <coughs> ATG. Um, we're both green on it, actually. Um, it does online uh, auction technology. Um, and... There seem to be sort of various value-added services. It's got some debt, and it was a 2021 IPO, which obviously that year was a terrible year, wasn't it? But we, we both think this is quite interesting. So have a look at Auction Technology Group, ATG. Neither of us hold any shares in it. We always disclose if we do. Uh, Pebble Beach, PEB, uh, that rose 25% on a trading update. Very small software company. Again, I wouldn't have looked at it because it was only 13 million, but readers were looking at it. It was high on the widget, so if the readers are looking at it, we'll look at it. That's the way we try and do things. Um, uh, also, sometimes if people put in a reader request in the comments section of the Small Cap Value Reports, we give uh, a lot of weight to those. We're not um, an on-demand, sort of bespoke analysis service you know one of the readers seemed to think that for his 250 quid a year he gets sort of our private attention and private attention and that will jump to his beck and call on anything it doesn't work like that you know we have to consider the membership base as a whole but if somebody puts up a nice polite request and they say this is why i like uh, this or that company these this is why it's interesting and i think it's cheap we'll, it'll pique our interest won't it <laughs> so uh, we do we do follow up on most reader requests when we can so pebble beach i wasn't overly enamored with that i have to say there were some good things in the update um, but it doesn't really stand up to scrutiny as quite as well when you dig into the numbers. And the profit before tax forecasts were actually slightly reduced because of higher finance costs. So, um, And the balance sheet is still very stretched. It's just chipping away at the debt. Um, <clears throat> I said here it's not as exciting as it first looked once you dig into the detail, but it's an OK Profitable small business, I think, Pebble Beach. So good luck to holders there. Something might happen there. Now, I had a look at James Hulstead, the specialist flooring company. It makes lovely margins. Um, H1 trading update. I really like it, I have to say. So read um, Wednesday's um, report for my analysis of that. I think you get a nice 4% dividend, and I think it looks like it's set up to maybe beat uh, forecasts, which WH Island hints at in its update note. Um, and it said supply chain pressures and costs are easing. Um, it's not cheap, James Hamster-Halstead, but it's got a nice balance sheet. And I think when you take everything into account, I think it's, it's not bad, that one. So have a look at that. <clears throat> Right, on to Thursday, 1st of February, uh, Small Cap Valley Report. As I say, sorry this is all a bit flat this week, but, uh, you know, uh, it's just it's, that's just the way it is. Now, the first share in the report, I am going to make a mystery share. One of the readers said, why don't you do a few more mystery shares, Paul? So I will. So this is a company uh, I've not looked at before. Um, it was a float in, let's see, when was it? Um, 
it was a float in 2021, but actually it's pretty good and it's it's it hasn't collapsed collapsed in price, um, and it rose 30% on a good trading update. So have a look at Thursday's report. It's the first item on in the report. I'm going to make that a mystery share. Uh, I think it's a pretty good company and it looks to have good growth potential as well. Now Graham <coughs> looked at AG Bar, um, the drinks thing B A G. Um, he likes that one. I'm not madly keen on it, but Graham seems to think it's good. And it says, what's this? Profits coming in slightly ahead of expectations, uh, despite the wet summer. Um, oh, Graham's argument on it is that he thinks when costs ease, uh, margins should uh, go back to historic levels. So he likes AG Bar. I looked at Made Tech, MTEC, very small, this 15 million market cap. Profit warning, I think it was. Uh, oh, not actually a profit warning, I put here. Uh, H1 highlights seem okay, but oh, yes, it was the slow order intake was the worry, so it sounds like we're being warmed up for a poor H2. Now, the standout feature with Made Tech, so I wouldn't normally even bother with this MTEC, it does government. Um, IT contracts and it doesn't really make any money on them and um, so not a very good business bit of an opportunistic overpriced float but the standout feature of it is very very good balance sheet with lots of cash which now makes up about half the market cap so for that reason alone I think it could be I've called it here could be a fun punt for a rebound <coughs> that's made tech it's around I think it was around nine and a half p it carried on falling as the week went on Graham had a, had a look at Rank, R-N-K, the gambling thing. He quite likes that. That was in line with expectations. Oh, here we are. Inspiration Healthcare, the bank covenant waiver was granted, following on from the previous day. I looked at LSL Property Services, the estate agents that's moved to a franchise model. That put out an inline trading update. I'm moderately positive on that. I think there could be a cyclical recovery there. With the, the, This is a really good time at the moment, I think, to look for cyclical recovery shares. Um, and LSL um, looks quite good, I think. Not bad. Other things we didn't get around to looking at in detail, Ricardo, the engineering consultancy put out an inline update, and Nexo, I don't like, that's one of these ambulance chasing credit car things, ANX, that looked like a slight miss. Advanced on Oncotherapy, unfortunately, is suspended, it's got funding problems, I think that looks bust, or nearly bust. Um, we didn't get around to looking at Venture Life. I haven't been terribly impressed with that before, VLG, but that put out an inline trading update and it did rise 8% to 37p. Various eateries, I think, is no good. VARE, that was in line. Um, that was it. That covers Thursday's report. Right on to Friday. Well, the big excitement on Friday was Super Dry, which rose. Uh, oh, I've got the wrong report here. That's Thursday. Sorry. Bear with, bear with. Um, Friday, let's click on the right link. Super dry was the big excitement on Friday, wasn't it? They bottomed out, I think, around 16, 17p. Well, it shot up to about 45p. So that was an amazing trade for people who uh, dived in there. And well done to you, actually. It was a pretty, pretty inspired move. Luck, of course. But, you know, people sometimes people see, you know, a spike in volumes. And um, the argument there was that, that, that um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Oh, Dunkerton, Julian Dunkerton, the founder, very tenacious CEO there. Uh, the rumour is that he's looking at um, teaming up with private equity. Um, is it private equity? I think it is. 
and taking it private. Now, that's all very well, and it ended the week at about 45p. So over 100% gain for people. The problem with that is that while Dunkerton is not entirely rational, I think that's fair to say, he's very passionate about the brand and the business and everything, which is good. But uh, So he might be prepared to overpay, but I don't think a private equity backer would. And he's not doing this on his own. He's doing it with um, looking at... He apparently had initial talks only with two potential backers to take it private. I would be careful with this. I cannot see any reason, given the really distressed state the state that Superdry in is in. I cannot see why they would be generous towards existing equity holders. Surely they just want to take it private at the lowest price they can get it for. And if they if people don't take the bid, they just say, well, fine, we'll put it into, into administration and do a pre-pack. So he's going to end up owning the business probably 100% anyway. The only question is... Uh, <coughs> Uh, would he be kind to existing holders? Um, we don't know. So it's a complete punt. Um, I did look at the accounts and it's got a big cash pile, but it's all been, more than all the cash has come from drawing down on borrowing facilities, one of which I think, I think the the, the, the narrative with results seem to have a typo in it, but I think the asset back loan facility might have recently been um, redeemed, expired, you know. So um, it's heading for disaster as currently... Um, as the finances are currently set up. So it needs to ditch the the, 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 the a huge amount of costs, which means get, doing a CVA, getting rid of the shop leases, I think. Uh, the Times ran a, ran a piece saying the brand could be worth 400 to 600 million to a brand management company. I'm not sure about that. And bear in mind that they've actually sold off quite a lot of the international rights for figures that were nowhere near that figure. I think it was 34 million. Oh, that's lovely. To sell the um, Far Eastern rights. There's probably another uh, sale of maybe American rights or Middle Eastern rights in the pipeline. So I think it will uh, raise more cash. It can probably stagger on for a few more months. But Superdry is hemorrhaging cash. That was very obvious from the uh, recently published um, accounts. Very, very risky. I've said here, it's too risky for me, either long or short. But well done to people who made a bob or two on that on that big, big spike up um, on Friday. It's lovely to see people making a bit of money. <clears throat> and I, it's not worth shorting things like this, because when a company, when the equity gets down to just a few pence, you can have wildly exaggerated movement spikes up and down in the share price. I remember I, I shorted Thomas Cook years ago because it was obviously bust I mean really ridiculously obviously bust and it went from 5p to 15p and I had a fairly big short position in it and it just it, it wiped me out I had to well, it didn't wipe me out but you know I, I suffered a substantial loss and had to close the short and then days later it went bust the other thing is if you go if you short things on a spread bet and the and the and the company is suspended the spread bet company will often put the position onto a hundred percent margin even though it looks like it's going bust, they put it. So you have suddenly have to stump up a, a load of margin, and the position can be frozen for six months or more until they pay out. So I think the smart the smart moves with with shorters is to close the position, um, even if you think it's going bust, to close the position when the main gains have been made. But anyway, I, I don't do shorting now. It's just, it's too risky. Why take the risk? You don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, I looked at NWF. This is the agricultural products thing. 
Uh, it's all right. Interim results. Amber Green on that one. <coughs> Diaceutics I looked at. DXRX. I quite like this. I've not looked at it before. It provides services for pharmaceutical clients. Not bad, that one. DXRX. So I've got Amber Green on that. Um, what else? Uh, tribal TRB. Now, you, this might surprise you because it's not a very good business, the educational software business, but I've got Amber Green because the shares are only 42p, but it put out a slightly ahead trading update and they uh, shareholders rejected a 72p takeover bid quite recently. So at 42p, you're buying way below the level that somebody was prepared to buy it privately at. Well, that must be an opportunity. Well, it might be. P's 12. It does have a large legal dispute with uh, Nanyang Technology University, and there's still no news on what's going to happen with that. So I don't like Tribal, but I think it could be, um, the shares might be cheap, and it seems to be trading all right. Now, I had a look at Winstay, W-Y-N. This is another agricultural surprise supplies company. I really like this. It's at a, trading at a discount to a very, very strong net tangible asset value balance sheet. So it's bulletproof. Uh, and, of course, that may be inefficient, but <coughs> it means the cash can be used uh, to make more acquisitions, which would then increase um, increase. Um, Profits and make the PE even lower. So I like Winstay. Have a look at that one. If you're a value uh, and income investor, you get nearly a 5% yield as well as your bulletproof balance sheet and hopefully long term growth. Um, Port Merry and I had a look at Cap catch up on that one that had a profit warning recently it's only £2.17 30 million market cap not as bad as I was expecting actually uh, I've got amber on it because we just don't know how the future is going to pan out it's obviously uh, trading has been quite poor in 2023 um, but uh, the pottery maker of course Port Marion but um, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting that's all I could I could see that bounce more for a trade. I don't think it's a particularly good business long term. And I looked at Pressure Technologies, P-R-E-S. Some of the readers seem to like that. So I ran my slide rule over it. Um, it's OK. Amber, I've concluded. But see my report for all the detail on that bit of a special situation where shareholders replaced a small bank loan, where Lloyds Bank let it down. And then blow my own trumpet, CT Automotive. This was a mystery share in the summer, CTA. And I um, joined up the dots on that and said, hang on, this thing's too cheap. It could double. Well, it has done. It's doubled from 41p to 82p. So uh, I've said here, I, um, I spotted the turnaround. Um, it's an automotive parts supplier. But they'd said in the trading updates, which nobody seemed to look at, that, you know, trading was back on track and profit margins were back to pre-pandemic levels. So they've now confirmed that in a trading update and the shares um, have, have recovered. So because the shares have gone up a lot and it's kind of done what I thought it would do, I've shifted from green to amber green on valuation grounds. I think that was it for the week. So as always, thank you very much for tuning in. <clears throat> I am asking Badgering uh, Head Office to give me more resources because we need um, we need more hours uh, and we need another writer really so, uh, to be able to uh, keep on top of things but obviously there are you know there are lots of demands on on the on the budget so um, <clears throat> but you know um, we will try and um, get more resource into the small cap value reports when it's when it's possible but obviously that's not my decision uh, but I have asked anyway 
Good. Well, thanks, as always, for all your support and your comments, which are great. And, um, yeah, sorry this is all a bit flat, but as I say, I'll be saying goodbye to Mr Paddy tomorrow morning when we have to have him euthanised. We've got a vet coming to the house. I know it's only a pet, but, you know, they they become part of your life, don't they? They become part of the family. And for 17 years, you know, I've looked after him and, uh, you know, enjoyed uh, enjoyed the companionship of the, t- the two dogs. But we've still got one left. We've still got Mr Seamus left. And, you know, it's part of life, isn't it? You just have to accept that when, when the health fails, you have to have pets put down and that's it. But anyway, uh, you know, life goes on. Right, thanks, uh, thanks again and uh, bye for now. Bye.